you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Thank you for calling. Thank you for contacting us via the Internet. We are grateful to those of you who have said that these programs are an encouragement, and uh, I hope that today's Best Of series will again be a blessing in your life. We want you to know that we're grateful for your support. We want you to know that the children here thank God for you. Folks, my guest today on the broadcast is a very special sister in Christ. We've had her on this program before, and uh, recently somebody who didn't know we'd had her on the program sent me a YouTube video of Gianna speaking in Australia. Well, I watched it and immediately knew exactly who she was and said, we've got to get her back on the show. So I also, by the way, shared that YouTube video with a bunch of people, but Gianna Jessen has one of the most remarkable testimonies that I've ever heard, and I've heard a lot of testimonies in my time. God spared her life, and she has not just lived to tell about it. She has been a choice vessel for the Holy Spirit to speak convincingly to people all over the world. So Gianna Jessen, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> Please tell us, because not all of our listeners know your story. Please tell us about uh, your start in life, because you got off to, let's just say, a rough beginning. Yes. Um, well, all right. My I'm adopted, and my biological mother decided to. Uh, well, she was seven and a half months pregnant, and she decided to have what's called a saline abortion, which mm-hmm. uh, burns the baby inside and out, and then she is to deliver a dead baby within 24 hours. Yes. And I was delivered alive after 18 hours, and I was literally born in an abortion clinic in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which not many people can, can say. That's right. Um, and so I arrived at 6 in the morning, and... Thank God, literally thank him, because um, I arrived at the perfect moment. The abortionist was not on duty the moment that I came into this world. Had he been there, he would have ended my life with strangulation, suffocation, or leaving me there to die. Yes. So a nurse called an ambulance, and I was transferred to a hospital, placed in an incubator, weighing two pounds, and I have what I consider to be the gift of cerebral palsy, which Mm -hmm. was caused directly by the lack of oxygen to my brain while I was surviving an abortion. Yes. And what I find uh, interesting in the abortion debate is you always hear people bring up, well, you know, if the baby is disabled, uh, that's grounds for for ending its life. Hmm. And 
first of all, I have a couple thoughts on that. One is I wouldn't be disabled had I not survived an abortion. Right. And two, the glory of weakness in the hand of Jesus Amen. transforms it. It's an, it is an awful weapon in the hand of Christ. Amen. And, and I was just talking with a friend recently about the things that we're facing as a nation currently in this, this drive to extinguish anyone that is not perfect, mm-hmm. quote-unquote perfect. And I was telling him, you know what I think it is? I think when a person who does not know Christ sees an undeniable joy in the eyes of someone who has a physical disability, it brings them to such conviction. It brings, it makes them face that there must be a creator and that they are not in control. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's the reason behind, I mean, going back years and years and years, I think that was in Hitler's mind. I think it was just extinguish all that I do not consider to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that is so arrogant. Anyway, I'm, I, I digress. <laughs> I'm veering off. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. The Lord told the Apostle Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of us read that in the scriptures and say, isn't that beautiful? But when it <laughs> happens in our lives, yeah. we're very resistant because we've bought the American lie. And it's yeah. not just American, but it's certainly popular here in our country and in our churches, unfortunately, that God's glory is manifest if our team wins the Super Bowl. And my my own belief is that God's glory is manifest if my child is valedictorian. You know, right. it's it's when we are what the world considers winners that we think God's glory is manifest. And yet God says, well, I can do that. But the way God generally chooses to reveal his glory is in our weakness. And, you know, I have a quick example. I don't want to, um, I want you to get to any questions you have, but I do have a quick example on that point. Sure. I signed up to run two marathons in the most recent years of my life. Bless your heart. And so I ran the National Marathon for 26.2 miles. Goodness. And and then I ran the London Marathon uh, for 26.2 miles. But I have cerebral palsy, and I have to run on my toes. So after a year, basically, of training, it still took me 7 hours and 20 minutes to complete the first one, and Mm. then with an injury and cerebral palsy and many unbelievable obstacles, it took me eight and a half hours to finish the London one. Goodness. And, but I did it for for this main reason. I'm a girl who, um, you know, I'm full of fire and I want to win and I'm excited and about life. And um, one thing that has always just angered me to no end about cerebral palsy, and let me clarify that. If Jesus were standing in front of me and he asked me today, gee, do you want me to make you whole completely? I would say no, and I will get to that later. Yeah. But but it doesn't mean that there isn't maddening things about something that you glory in. 
So one of the maddening things is that I hate coming in last. I work <laughs> my duff off, and I'm always coming in last no matter, no matter what. And I'm like, that makes me mad. So I signed up for these races, and one of the reasons I did was to teach the youngest side, the most hurt side of myself, mm. that it is okay to come in last that it's all right, that it's not about coming in first. Mm. It's about finishing your race at your pace for the glory of God. And if that means coming in last, limping, and collapsing on the ground, then that's what it means. And the experience has absolutely changed the inside. I mean, I still, you know, desire to keep up and whatever, but I'm much more at ease with the idea of, you know, this is not a competition. (laughs) I am enough in Jesus. Yes. But that's a hard lesson to learn. Well, amen. Amen. I want you to know that the reason that I have not entered a marathon is not because I'm afraid I would come in last. It's because I am far too lazy to try at all. <laughs> it's, it, I'm not suggesting I wouldn't come in last. Um, I, uh, I, I, I go walking almost every evening with my wife and daughter. Nice. And, uh, and that's, <clears throat> I, I feel really just victorious in Christ uh, if I get up off my rusty dusty and, yeah. and manage to go for a walk in the cool of the evening. Yeah, so right. the fact is, I greatly admire you. I admire your courage. I admire your oh. perseverance and your stamina. But there is no way that even for the sake of Christian fellowship, I will try and keep up with you in a marathon. Because however slowly you ran along on your toes, you would leave me after the first oh. few miles. And you know... During that race, I was running with a man who was not, who is not a Christian yet, but he's on his way to being one. Great. And he thought it was absolutely insane because I would run with my hands in the air, thanking Jesus, praising him out loud and Bless saying, I, I am your girl and you are going to carry me across that finish line. And as I'm running in London, I'm praying, but nobody knows this, inside I'm praying, and Lord, please let me meet the Prime Minister of England. Huh. And I know of all things to be thinking about while you're, <laughs> while you're <laughs> but I prayed that at that time. And eight months later, at the time, the prime minister, of course, was Tony Blair. Sure. And I found myself standing in front of him. Wow. And I was able, by the grace of God, to stand in a room of the leaders of England. Yes. And say, and the only reason that they listened to me was mm-hmm. because I was this feisty American girl that came over there and I ran their race. Praise God. With cerebral palsy. Praise God. So I was able to stand in front of, I couldn't believe it when they said, um, Gianna, you're going to meet the Prime Minister Tony Blair. And I, like, was screaming because, <laughs> you know, because that was Jesus. Amen. And, and He's the one who put that in your heart. Yeah, and so then I'm standing there, and I'm able to tell him, um, first of all, thank you for loving my President George W. Bush. That was the first thing I said. Yeah. And and secondly, um, I was aborted, and I survived an abortion, and I came and I ran your marathon. I mean, I had like two minutes to get it all in. And the best part of this made me feel like um, 
Yes, yes, yes. Because, um, you know, I thought it was done. I thought the meeting was over, and, you know, he was gracious and wonderful, and he hugged me, and it was just awesome. But, but we were at an event for him, and so he had to go into the banquet hall. So after I'm, like, jumping up and down that I've just been able to meet my, my prime minister, you know, the prime mm-hmm. minister of England, mm-hmm. I get to the top of the stairs, and the prime minister is waiting for me oh, at the precious. top of the stairs. And he looks at me and he says, why don't you go ahead of me into the banquet hall? How precious. Now, I don't say these things to both, but to tell you that I don't know any other way to say that I have been through a lot. Yep. And the price has been very, very high. People see the glory of my life without the tremendous difficulty of my life Mm -hmm. and god in those beautiful moments is kissing me on the forehead and just letting me know you're my girl and i hear you and i'm leading you all the way home and i'm going to give you these stunning experiences that you will be able to speak of so that so that people can know that i do answer prayer and that i love them that much amen And and so i just say those stories not to um, promote my own self, but to just obviously say that was a miracle. Amen. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Gianna, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Now, where do you make your home these days? Well, for now, <laughs> my life is constantly changing, but for now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> Good. We ought to have people know that. Yes. Twitter.com slash Gianna Dutton. I'm dying for more followers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know that there will be some listeners to this broadcast today who will definitely want to tweet with you. And they will make me very happy. So, Good. Um, so I, I do that, and then I also, um, I'm speaking, I have a very full fall schedule, um, and I'm heading also to Ireland as well. Marvelous. But, but I'm... Um, I, I do a lot of fundraisers for crisis pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah, I, um, I just am doing a lot of writing, et cetera, but um, I also go, what I say, this is what I call um, my physical therapy, I go five mornings a week when I'm home, and, um, and I call it buying my legs, I go to buy legs every day, and... Um, I think there's a way to look at things that's beautiful as opposed to feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. And I think there's a way to laugh in the midst of tremendous adversity. And mm-hmm. if I could pass anything along to your listeners today, I know that things are difficult. Financially, mm-hmm. they're difficult. We're just kind of in a strange time. and But it's a beautiful time, and it's all in how we look at things. Yeah. And you can find the face of Jesus everywhere, in any situation. Even if, if he's hiding himself or you can't find him, he's there. You can see, and sometimes you can't see how much he was there until you get a, fur, a bit further down the road. Right. So, don't give up. Amen. Amen. And you, again, because of the journey that God has taken you on thus far, you have the credibility to say that 
and be believed in a way that most people wouldn't. So thank you for being willing in the midst of great adversity to courageously not just persevere, but encourage others along the path. Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood is listener-supported. If you would like to help, please get a pen and paper so that I can give you our contact information. You can make a difference in the lives of those who hear this message and the lives of children at Wears Valley Ranch. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. Please visit us online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. Or send in a donation to Wears Valley Ranch at 100 One Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. That's Wears Valley Ranch at 100 One Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And is holding out his hand Gianna, I want to ask you, as you, you mentioned in your message in Australia, that you've had the opportunity to uh, meet your birth mother. Yes. Um, you have a tremendous sense of gratitude um, to the folks who finally uh, adopted and loved you uh, mm. after having a not so happy an experience in, in a foster situation. Right. Um, but through all of it, the thing that I, I trust our listeners are hearing loud and clear is that your sense of identity, who you are, is not found in your relationship with your birth mother or the foster parents or even your adopted family, but rather it's in your relationship with your Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I have to agree wholeheartedly, although the one that I am closest to is my grandmother, Penny, who who was my... I was treated poorly in the first foster home, removed from that foster home, and placed in another foster home of Penny. And Penny is an angel, and her daughter ended up adopting me, so Penny now is my 86-year-old grandmother. How marvelous. Who taught me how to walk twice. Mm. And she is awesome. She's cared for 56 children that were considered unadoptable. Wow. Um, but one thing that I find very, yeah, people are obsessed with the idea of me and my biological mother. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, you know, I have forgiven her. Yes, I have met her. It was a very difficult experience. Yeah. Um, but I am God's girl. Amen. I am just God's girl. I don't belong to anyone but him. Amen. And I find such solace and comfort in that. Yes. Because I have been so hated and at the same time loved in this world, and it's never in between. Yeah. I'm either loved or I'm hated. Yep. And I have to run to Jesus every day, like, okay, help me with this this challenge. Okay, help me with this challenge. And then I found the most marvelous Mark Twain quote the other day that just sums it up beautifully for me in my life, if I might quote him. Sure. says, Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Mm. Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. That's beautiful. And I feel like, you know, 
sometimes you got to forgive people over and over and over. Yep. But as long as your heart is towards God, and Lord, please just let me let things go. Let me learn, especially if I could. I mean, I've, I've met some bitter men, but if I could speak a moment to women, we, ha- we have a tremendous capacity to remember every wrong that was ever done. <laughs> For all of eternity, and and recall it in an instant yeah. when we're upset, and that's not the best quality to have. <laughs> and <laughs> and so, I find myself sometimes praying when I can't let go of something. You know, I'm on my stairmaster, and I'm praying, Lord, help me forgive. Please help me forgive. I don't want to be a woman that can just recall everything. Help me not just to forgive, but let me give it to you and erase it from my mind mm. because I want to be full of light and yes. light and bitterness cannot coincide in, in, in the same place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the bitterness extinguishes the light and the freedom that we're meant to have. And, and also I have a great psychologist. I know you're not supposed to say that kind of thing, but I'm used to saying things you're not supposed to say. <laughs> I have an awesome woman Christian psychologist that I go and I work my stuff out so that I'm not spewing all of my pain on the world. Praise the Lord. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'll make an excellent wife because I have done so much work on the inside and I feel like if young women would do that instead of looking the next man or the next boy to to be their therapist, to be their father, to be their... I didn't have a dad. Yeah. And I have no examples, really, of... I mean, I had an adoption, but it was a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew a couple years ago, and I'm just being honest, I thought, I said, Lord, I don't know how to pick a husband. How can I pick a husband coming from the background that I come from? Yeah. There's there's no example, and all I'm going to do is either, one, pick what is in my subconscious from, like, society, mm-hmm. like, this is what you pick, right? or pick out of my pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means I'm going to get a loser husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yep. So I went to therapy instead. Praise God. And I didn't date, and I've just gone to therapy, and I'm telling you, the Lord... If, if, if there's any hurting young women listening to this, or men for that matter, that are seeking women who, if you just find the right woman, then you're going to be, uh-uh. You seek Jesus and you ask him to help you look inside yourself and let him heal you. Amen. Jesus is not a God who shames. Jesus is a God who sets us free from shame. Amen. And so I feel like if we could just, Sit down for a minute and stop the dating game and and just work on who we are. I think we would marry better. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> you you are, are sharing a lot of wonderful wisdom from the midst of your journey, and God is leading you faithfully. And I really believe the pivotal difference between your life and what you're sharing and so many others out there is that you have truly found your identity in your relationship with God. It's not defined by your circumstances. It's not defined by your looks. It's defined by his love for you, which was so great 
that he was willing to go to the cross in your place. And, and you know that, and in that security, you have found the courage to face the world that so many people who don't have your challenges never find. Because they're still trying to define themselves by worldly standards. You have gone to the heart of God and found His love and his love is now being manifest through you. So, Gianna, thank you so much for coming on the broadcast today and sharing from your heart. I want you to know that we love you. We share in the Lord's love for you and are so grateful for your ministry, and we pray God's blessings on you as you continue to shine for him. Oh, and right back at you, buddy. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.